Hello, one and all, and welcome to the final Huddersfield Town Social of the 2020-2021 season, in which none of us have been to a football ground except Cameron Pope. So he's going to do all the talking this evening, but um, uh, in reality, we're here to talk about the season as it was. Um, we won't talk about Reading because none of us watched the game or the highlights. We are terrible football fans. We were all watching Rotherham. Nearly beat, nearly stay up, should I say, as a Derby Chef Wednesday played out a thrilling 3-3 draw. Town drew to all, but who gives a shit about that? It's what a shit season. It's been to be a town fan, so we're going to dissect it because that's what we do. Um, joining me, Greg Morris, Cameron Pope, Gaz Kay, Ian Kilroy, Sean O'Toole and the soon-to-be nude Nicholas Barlow, which I'm certainly looking forward to. Uh, I won't be looking, I just want to see everyone else's reaction to it. Um, gentlemen, it, it, it has been a, a depressing season. Um, certainly not nine out of ten, uh, where some people like to believe it is. But um, uh, overall, the the one word that, that just comes to my mind is just underwhelming. Absolutely underwhelming. Well, I mean, the last few weekends have just been scintillating drama, stellar performances, key players, end-to-end entertainment. And if it hadn't been for Line of Duty bringing us that, I don't know what I'd have done. Because I tell you what, that's been the most difficult watching I have had over a 46-game season. I tell you what, I, I, if I was coming into football now as a young fan, I think I'd pick rugby league. Honestly, it's been so difficult. And no one needs reminding of how much we've struggled. And I tell you what, we mentioned Rotherham um, and Derby and Chef Wednesday at the start of this programme. Well, at least those battling against relegation actually gave the fans something to get excited about. How much of a damp squib was our running? Even Wickham gave more of a fight there than we did. And they actually got quite close. They were miles back. So, I mean, to be honest, lads, I think I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that the end of the season has finally come. And yeah, we can look forward now with, well, I guess, with trepidation um, more than anticipation for the new season. It does bring me some excitement. I think that we might be back in the ground. Um, my fear is when the novelty wears off. But to, to look back at it, I guess we have to be pragmatic and say, right, the result was we stayed up. Don't know how. Don't know if we deserve to either, but 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 that's that's the way it goes. And 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 then so in a sense, to be to be to be to be technical, you, you have to say the season's been a success, a, a very boring success at that. But considering where we were at one point, I think I'm just grateful we have a football team in the second division. Yeah, I think that second half of the season, Cam, I, it was I had less pain when I passed a kidney stone. It, you know. It, it, the first half of the season was all right, nine out of ten, according to some people. Not that I'm sure I'd subscribe to that theory, but you know, the okay, the first half was okay. The highlight for me, you know, on the left hand side, we looked really strong. Karoma, Lewis O'Brien, Toff, all those linking up was was great. Um, you know, we we beat Watford and Barnsley back to back. You know, those were two decent performances. But then after Christmas, Plymouth, the Plymouth game set the tone for me, and from there on in, we were, we were pretty piss poor, really. Um, you know, three wins or whatever it was that we got between January and the end of the season. You know, we were just saying before we start recording, I think we were lucky that Wickham didn't have another two games. I think if we'd have had another two weeks of the season, we could have, you know, we could have been in trouble as in Derby. Um, you know, we witnessed fast-flowing chaos football for, for 15 games, but then the last 15 games, we witnessed Cowley-esque football, I know that we were hit by injuries and I, and I think we, we talked about that before. Carlos had a bit of bad luck. But it, it's proper drain my enthusiasm, you know, for a club that I've followed religiously for the last, you know, 30-odd years and gone home and away. I think being out of the ground, and we've talked about that before, has been, a, has been part of that. But it's really drained my enthusiasm. I'm just hoping that come August, you know, the sun will be shining, we'll be allowed back in the ground, my enthusiasm will be refreshed from a break. Um, I'll try not to think about the fact that we're currently second favourites for relegation already. Unless we do something really dramatic, we'll be back here talking in the same possibly the same way next year. But yeah, I, I guess I'm with you, Cam. We've stopped up. Um, other than that, I'm struggling to think of any positive from the season at all. Well, I'll try and be positive, guys. We'll get the positives out of the way. So they've, they've made a fool out of me for a start. They've proved me wrong. We've stayed up. I don't, I don't know how. I think it's more the fact that other teams were terrible rather than us actually being brilliant. Um, and I, I agree, guys. I think another another few weeks, and I think we probably would have gone down, to, to be quite honest. 
Um, but we've stayed up in a season like no other, really difficult season in terms of finance and instability. So from that point of view, I guess it has been a success. If I had to rate it, I think first first half of the season, we played some decent football at times, got some really good team goals without really tearing it up. Um, I said a seven out of 10, unlike certain someone would give it a nine. But I mean, what what I can't give any more than a two. So second half of the season, it'd probably been generous at that. I mean, it, it's been it got awful, and it? it's it's been it's been depressing. It's been it's been boring, and this this is now the, the the third season on the trot where it's been desperately bad to watch for the majority of the season. And I've I've talked about our expected goals in in a, quite a few of these episodes, which I know bars a lot of people. But you, you, we're very lucky if we have one expected goal per game. So it's it's dull to watch. We're losing more often than not. Something's got to change. The the, the real depressing thing for me is I don't I I, I look to next season and I just can't see it being any different. And I know we're going to get on to that lads later on, but I I just can't see anything changing. Because we seem to go from one idea and then, as Gas said, we start playing this attractive football. Teams quickly find us out. Yeah, we have been unlucky with some injuries. But do you know what? Like, when these players have come back, we haven't looked much better this year. I mean, look at Blackburn. Dead awful. Absolutely got awful. So, look, if I had to rate this season, I'd give it a... I'd be generous and give it a five because we've stayed up. I think in terms of the, the, the hierarchy, we've done what we needed to do. It's been a bit of a meh season we've, we've got over the line but it's, we've got to be better next season for all our sanity and, and to actually get encourage people to get back in the ground because anyone that's seen the football this year you can, you can forget season ticket sales apart from us fans that go through thick and thin it's desperately bad desperately bad who did a 9 out of 10 anyway who's a 9 out of 10 is this just some random ghost follower on Twitter or somewhere that none of us know? Or is it someone within this Zoom chat? <laughs> I'm guilty of that, OT. Killer, is it you? That's on me, but I'll get to that in a second. All right, I'm go sticking on, by it. I'm, no, no, you're right. You crack on and I'll, I'll tell you why you're all wrong afterwards. <laughs> well, I'd give it a generous six out of ten. And that's going on just the start of the season. I think that Carlos showed, he came in with a bit of uh, magic and, and showed what he could do. And then obviously... After Christmas, it all went downhill, whether he didn't get a, a nice Christmas present from Hill Hodgkinson or whatever went on, just things kind of dropped off. But, you know, for me, you know, you, you look at pundits across the game, you look at fans, you, you look at sort of write-ups and we've all seen it that he needs, Carlos needs a little bit more. I think that he needs another season and let's see then what he's got because... We've seen it in glimpses there, but then that was when Toffolo and Pippa were on full form. That's when Fraser Campbell and Karoma were working really nicely together. That's when, you know, things seem to look right. And then we have been unlucky with injuries and that's really knocked the season off course completely because then it just became a, a game of survival. You know, it went from free-flowing, let's, let's have creative expression to shit. We're falling down the league, and uh, and we, we've got a very weak and, and thin squad. So I think that it started off really well, and I'm excited with what I'm watching. Um, so with that and survival, giving it a six. I am sticking with a nine out of ten for the beginning of the season, and the proof is in how shite we've been since then. Right, so. One thing I struggle to agree with is certain other podcasters um, suggest that our team should be doing better than what we're doing. And they talk about how good our players are and that Carlos isn't getting enough out of us. And I disagree entirely because I don't think the players are good enough. I think we've needed a great reset since we got relegated due to how many shit signings we made in the Premier League. And we're still suffering from that hangover. And somehow before Christmas, Carlos got it going and we were scoring for fun. We looked good. We caused loads. Of Every team we played, we caused problems. The problem was once we were figured out, once scouts and an analysis spent, what, 20 hours a week looking at how to break us down, eventually they worked out how to do it. And since then, we've been shit. Carlos totally lost his plan A, went to his plan B, plan C, plan D. And by the end of it, it looked to me like he lost his mind. Honestly, some of the systems we were playing in the last few games of the season were fucking embarrassing. And to be honest, it got to a point in certain games, with the Blackburn game, where you just thought he's gone. He's got to be, he's got to actually be sacked on the back of one performance because 
tactically it was so wrong and I've not seen that before from Carlos until that point that lost all faith that I had in him um, for the season I'd still stick with a 9 out of 10 for the first half and then you're looking like a, a 0 out of 10 for the rest of it because it was pure relegation form every team outperformed I think since since Christmas because Wickham nearly caught us up everyone else has nearly caught us up so I'm guessing we're the worst performing team since Christmas in the division and not many managers managed to escape that especially when you consider that we have failed. It's not been a success, boys, on anyone's measure, not even on propaganda Phil, right? Because he said, at the beginning of the season, Carlos is coming in, and after 10 games, the aim is not to be looking back at the threat of relegation. That's what the club's aim was for the year. That is a fact. That's what was said. Then all of a sudden, Carlos starts talking about, oh, we've we got this target of 50 points. Well, 50 points was never not going to be looking behind at relegation, was it? That, that's not enough points to keep you safe, guaranteed so something changed halfway through the season because they realized how shit it was and again I do think the players are not good enough and going through the season which has been a two seasons back to back hasn't it it's, it was next to no off season we're all burnt out watching it that's why we can't be asked watching the players are obviously mentally burnt out you can see that on the field they thought they were safe they thought they were done and it is difficult to, to overcome that psychological the psychological part of it when you are th- when you think you're safe when you think you've finished when you think you're here in Dubai and, and taking it off Unfortunately, everyone else nearly caught us up and it looked it touch and go for a little bit for the last few weeks. But look, the team for me isn't good enough. The, the, the player to player, the players that we have aren't good enough. And, and we can, we'll, we'll talk about going forward how a smaller budget might make that even more difficult. But we just needed really to get here. Um, I, I, the second part of the season is, is such a worry for me and, and for town going forward that you can't ignore it. But like you said, reset this summer. There's going to be a huge turnover and it's going to be a forced huge turnover of players because players are out of contract. So it's not people now saying, oh, I'm not selling them because I'm not losing losing um, the money we put into them, like with Mbenza and Diakabi, who realistically both should have gone last summer or this summer before, but we weren't willing to take the cut in cost um, to be able to do that. So I'm just happy the season's over like you guys. It was just fucking, how bad was it? Like the best part of the season for me was watching the Sheffield Wednesday derby game this weekend because it was enjoyable again. It felt like we were all born again. Maybe that's what happens if you turn back into religion after after losing it and, and you get so excited at finding something new and exciting because watching that championship game, which was not necessarily good in defence, but just all attacking, fun, things were happening. We've not had that for a full season and I'm just hoping over the summer we can get something like that back. So overall, you're back down to 4.5. Is that what I'll you're say, saying? I'd say five. I'll pump it up a little bit. We got Coroma back at the end of the season and that was pretty nice. So I'll stick to five, Greg. All right. I just, um, I don't know what you were drinking at the start of the season. Some of that fruity wine or fruity beer that your wife had been buying you, I think. I was all in on the Kool-Aid, man. I was all in on it because it was just so exciting. We've not had fullbacks like we had back then, though. We were just attacking and going for it. And it, teams were flustered by the way we were going forward. And I've not seen the team. I've not seen town of that for years. So really, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy. Do you know what? I'll give extra points if it's attacking football. I, I am in that. I'm, I've got that mantra. But then, I'm I'm, I'm still sticking for Greg. I'm, Is I'm it not. A flash I'm, in not the pan, I'm no revisionist. I'm no revisionist. I'll stick to it and I'll defend it forever and ever and ever. Okay, Tony Blair. Um, <laughs> going on from that and and. Ian, actually, you make a very good point because we've been calling for better fullback or better backup fullbacks all season. Um, Jaden Brown and Dehaney were never a patch on Toffolo or Peeper, and they were our key kind of attackers for most of the season. With um, Mbenza and Karoma at the best of our times playing as inside forwards and being creative, and that's when we actually played quite well. Um, and the, the retain list came out the other day, and, and no surprise there to see that Dehaney and uh, and Jaden Brown were among the released list. Um, I, no surprises particularly in in that retain list. Um, I'll get on to Christopher Schindler later. I'm I'm still struggling to come to terms with it personally, but um, getting the likes of Elphick and and Pritchard uh, off the books who were on a significant wedge of cash and you know Bakuna and, and, and Benzer's had a, a year option taken on but let's be honest we're doing that so we can get some um, monies back that we we obviously spent on them is that enough of a template to create a squad for next season because you look at the squad that they've got left uh, 
left over, basically. And you're looking at 11, 12 new signings to, to become a competitive team for next season. Otherwise, we are going to be, you know, scratching around, trying to find three worst teams again, begging that everyone gets done 15 points for um, fiddling their expenses like Derby County. Well, I look at it and I think we're in a very similar position to what we were last season. We, we essentially need a whole new team. Um, you need exactly at least a, a dozen players. And the ones going out, okay, there's, there's very few surprises in there. I, maybe, I made some notes um, ahead of the Coventry game and I I put question marks next to Jaden Brown. I wondered, the jury was still out. I thought, okay, he's probably going to be a squad player. But until we get some bodies in, I, I imagined he might have stayed. It looked like he was first out of the door looking at his uh, his Twitter post. Uh, otherwise, other than that, um, I think we've kept the right ones. Bayeko was the one I was really watching out for. That's the one I thought I don't want to slip through the net. I'm glad he stayed. You might be right about Mbenza, um, and we're going to get something back from the investment on him. And to be honest, though, I'd be happy if he stayed um, just for the fact that we've now got an actual established set-piece taker and he looks to be playing his the best form we've seen him in under Carlos. Um, Bakuna, thing is, he's, he's 50% of a good player, isn't he? Um, and maybe maybe it's the it's better the devil you know if you get twenty five good games out of him then it could be worth keeping, but yeah that that that's ignoring the big problem which is okay yeah this is the bare bare bones once again and we failed last year until the last two months of the season was it when a uh, Nias came out of um came out of quarantine and straight into the injury room it was we, we didn't have enough senior players so. Um, in answer to your question, yeah, I think this is an okay backbone, but it really, really needs some muscle on it now to be competitive here. Otherwise, we're just going to be filling in the gaps. Um, again, uh, I was, I was, I was maybe surprised that that perhaps Nias or Sonogo, one of them didn't stay. And obviously, when Nias got the injury, of course, it wasn't going to be him. Um, Sonogo, we've probably seen if you take him off penalties, you've probably seen enough to him to think, okay. But now I just I worry because we're back in the position again where it took us so long to find a striker. Now we need to find at least two. And of course, the name Rhodes has been thrown around for, for weeks and months and refuses to go away. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a starting point, but there's a long, long, long way to go. And, and how many transfer windows in succession now have we been saying, this is a massive market for town. This is a massive window for town. And how many out of those last six windows have we actually, have, have we actually fulfilled expectations? Well, we haven't, have we? Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, the biggest, obviously, we're talking about the players retained list, but it looks like the entire football management and football operations teams are being retained. The Spanish boy band were on Huddersfield Town's YouTube channel, all high fiving each other, giving Carlos a reach around about how great they've been this year. Now they've reached their objectives, and our pass percentage was third highest in the league. And all that's, that's lovely, great. So I think we've got to accept, you know, whatever your views on Carlos are, he's stopping. We missed an opportunity at the beginning of last season because Phil took the decision it was cheaper to get rid of the Cowleys than it was to get rid of Diacarby and Mbenza and Pritchard and the other people who were weighing us down. He thought that, you know, maybe Carlos told him he could, but he could get a tune out of these players. And with an exception of probably half a season out of Mbenza, he's not managed to do that with any of them. I don't think Bakuna's played any better this year than any other time I've seen him. You know, flash of brilliance, but the rest is piss poor for me. The, the, the squad that's left, I think there's 10 players who you could class as players who've played regularly in the first team. The rest are young lads with, or we've been told, have got a load of potential. Um, you know, I, I think there's been a bit of uh, ire about the, the key or possible extension. I don't think that's a bad one, as long as we bring in another centre-back who isn't 37. You know, we need to bring in now a good quality centre-back to play alongside either key or Sar and not rely on them two playing together. Desperate for fullback backup, desperate for a keeper. Schofield's just not ready. I mean, he made two massive mistakes in the last two games, which cost us goals. And um, you know, I think centre centre midfield is possibly the area where, when you look at our kids, we've got a little bit of potential. Possibly there's there's enough in there to manage. But we're going to be a winger short, and we are two striker short. But I think we'll only bring one in Cam. Now Campbell signed an extension. I think it's going to be one striker plus Campbell plus Ward. Um, and what I really would like to see is the club bring in some quality loans. You know, let's let's do like the other teams in the bottom half of the championship did really well this year and go and get in one or two quality Premier League loans and stop talking about it being a blocker to pathways for kids who now, in the next breath, we're releasing Jaden Brown and D'Amico Dehaney. We didn't bring in fullbacks on loan because they were good enough. Well, clearly they're not. So, the, you know, the, I think the club needs a, a good shake. We're stuck with Carlos and the crew. 
So now's the time, you know, now's Phil's time really to, to back him. Because if he doesn't, we'll be back here next year, won't we? We, we need pace at the back. We, we need some of a bit of strength, a bit of pace. Unfortunately, they cost money. Um, but that, that's what's needed in this style. We need someone that can actually pass a ball out from defence rather than just pass it straight to attacker to score a tapping. Um, I, I, thinking about it, I could probably count on one hand the number of players that the squad we've got now, as it is, that are real decent championship players. And that, that, is, a, that is a big concern. We do say it all it's every single summer that this is a massive window, but it, it really is because it's just such a big operation. We're talking really eight, nine, ten players and, and not just squat fillers, first team ready players, really, just to bulk out the squad so that when we do get injuries again, and we will, if, if we're going to stick with this philosophy and this kind of training regime, we are going to get more injuries. So we, we, we need to bulk the squad out. I think Campbell, yeah, he, again, he, he offers experience, he works hard, shouldn't be starting him, doesn't score enough for me. Danny Ward, again, experienced, decent coming off the bench, as sort of Cardiff, but again, not really a starter for me. I, I would rather as get, if we've got two experienced strikers, senior strikers, I'd rather as bring in a younger striker with chance to develop like the Phillips that we've got, but maybe another another option, a younger option who we can develop. Jordan Rhodes, for me, what, what's the point? We, we've got two senior strikers that probably score us five goals a season. We don't need another. Like I don't, I don't know what he's going to... I don't see what he's going to bring that the others don't, other than an extra body. And he, and he probably will be a bit cheaper. He'll probably move back closer to home. He'll certainly be on less than what he is at, at Wednesday. But it, it's such a big job. And do we trust the recruitment team to get the right players in? Oh, the, 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 the jury's out on that one. But we, if we're going to stick with Carlos, we have to get players that can play to his style. And that means a bit of pace and an eye for a pass and more cutting edge. We desperately need more cutting edge up front because, as I've said before, our, our goals, um, our chances created and expected goals per game are, are laughable. Schofield in goal, uh, again, he's, he's got good potential. He's a decent shot stopper, but you're right, um, Gaz. He's, he's, I always call him Dracula because he's terrified of crosses. You, you get a cross in and he just he, he just panics. I've, I've never seen art like it. He just see, he don't know, he's, he's like he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to come out, get it, punch it. He ends up just watching it. And then we, we look at, I know we're talking about Reading, but you look at Reading's second goal, ball, easy ball into the box. Nobody's nobody's marking him, and he just—it's a nice, easy free header of a keeper straight to back at net. So there's problems at both ends of the pitch. It's not a simple solution of just get a couple of players in. It's just—it's just an attacking problem where we're not scoring enough goals, or it's just a defensive problem where we're leaking too many goals. It, when it's both ends of the pitch, it, it's a—it's ma a major problem, and. It's tough. It's going to be really tough. And I don't envy the recruitment team at all because there's no hiding place now. We're, we're, we're pretty much through COVID. Things are picking up again. The market's picking up again. I think we do need to get loans in. Most of the big earners are out now. So the, we can't really be the excuse that we've got loads of big earners, you know, bleeding us dry financially. We, we must have some finances freed up. So there really is no hiding place now. And I, I just hope they manage to get it right for us. I think as a club that we're doing a disjustice to uh, Schofield, I think that we're letting him down and we're failing him. Do you know what I mean? We're not developing him. You think back when uh, Alex Smith is broke through. I remember watching him early on. He were getting thrown in and he were dropping balls and making some right mistakes and, and they pulled him away. They protected him from the media and and they did it right with, with Alex Smithers and, and look at the career he's gone on to have. Now, I don't think Schofield is at the level of Alex Smithers, but... I think that we're letting him down. I think it's a case of our pockets aren't deep enough. Um, we're not prepared to spend and, and we're relying on the youth. Um, but really, we're letting the youth down in the way that we're doing it. He needs to be looked after, does that lad? You know, it might end up being a, a seasoned League One pro. But if that's the case, let him get there in a right, in the organic way, in the professional way. Do you know what I mean? Because he's obviously is is flapping the nerves are getting the best of him. Is is a boy amongst men currently, but soon his confidence is going to shrink and shrink if we keep throwing him out there, and it's unfair, really. Um, for me, strikers, yeah, Jordan Rhodes, I agree. I think that 
it's another risky one. We're, we seem to always opt for the for the dressing gown and Horlicks, you know, moving towards retirement players. Do you know what I mean? It's like Richard Keogh's come in. I like him, uh, to be fair. But like I say, he's not someone you want to be in week in, week out and holding the back line. Neither Saar. Saar is just like Sodje back in the day. I've said that. Saar is the new Sodje. He can be brilliant or he can be awful. Need a new goalkeeper. I think if you look at the past, like the Cowleys, to be fair, I think they did okay with a few of their loans. They were quite clever, you know, with, with getting Lossell back and Emile Smith-Rowe. Um, Danny Simpson did a, a job, to be fair. You know, I think the Cowleys, you know, we look back and we say we haven't had a good, you know, transfer window for ages. I were quietly happy with what the Cowleys did. And, and they were clever with how they did it in terms of the free transfer market. Um, I mean, strikers that are out there at the minute, we've got Troy Deeney, Andrew Ayew, Martin Waghorn, Glenn Murray, uh, Loire Loire, um, and Jordan Rhodes. And there's a few of us knocking about midfielders as well. Alex Moat, Barry Bannon. We said, Gaz, didn't we? I think it'd be a good player to bring in. Um, young, nippy, sort of light-footed player, similar to Lewis O'Brien. There's people out there, do you know what I mean? But I just think that... As a football club, we aren't attractive. Do you know what I mean? If someone's got the choice of living in Headingley and playing for Harrogate or living in Elland and playing for Huddersfield, I think at the minute they'd rather play for Harrogate. And I think that that comes down to a town being attractive. But as a football club, we need to do better. We need to do better for his recruitment. Um, and um, I did a poll for the fanzine last week um, in terms of what people would want from the new season. Um, new manager came in at 5%. There were 355 votes. New manager came in at 5%. New chairman came in at 17%. Better recruitment team came in at 63%. Better investment, um, 5, 5%, I think it was, if that adds up. So, obviously, it's aiming towards the recruitment team is what them 355 people were saying. So, yeah, it needs we need to get rid of a lot of dead wood and and just try and bring in, like, like I said, just ready players, championship ready players. Um, is it wishful thinking? I don't know. I think I've what... The, sorry, guys. I've just had a quick look at the retain list that we've got and, and the players that we've got signed on for next year. Because I'm talking about here, I have a big turnover of players. And I've just counted, right? And I've shat myself a little bit, boys, because we've got 25 guys under contract next year that the team consider first team players, right? Now, how many players are we going to go forward into the season with? We won't, we won't be that many more than 25, right? So we're getting pretty close. If the Rhodes deal is done, which if you're looking at the respectable posters on down at the mark and on Twitter, it seems like it already is it's signed and sealed that Rhodes is joining. And now obviously that has to be confirmed. We know we need a Schindler replacement. Um, we need a CB. But then we did go a little bit heavy in January, bringing in Keogh as backup. Maybe that's the Schindler replacement that the club reckons. Um, we definitely need an Iting replacement if he's not coming back on loan, right? I think we're pretty slim at fullbacks now. Um, Jaden Brown has gone and um, Dehaney. And then you look at wingers. We don't really have too many wingers, do we? We've been persisting in playing um, homes out there. Um, and just quick on Bakuna, by the way, Gaz. Um, his best spell was under the Cowleys when he had that little him and Diakabi had about five or six games in a row where they were unplayable. He kept coming on as a sub and scoring goals. So funny, he was fantastic. That's the best Bakuna we've seen. And it only happened for a few games, but that was the best we had. I do think Mbenza and Bakuna have signed to be sold on for a little bit of money this year. I can't see them staying because their wages won't be low. We know the parachute payments now have come to an end. Um, we've still got a few transfer, a bit of money coming in. So I imagine from the Congolo deal, that'll be spread over the contract that he signed with Fulham. So there's a little bit extra money coming in than what we'll have when um, parachute payments stop and all the players we had in the Premier League have left and all those transfers have been finished. But we're going to be going light this year. We understand that. So we've already got 25 signed on. I've just named what? Four replacements there, and we definitely need a goalkeeper replacement because the decision to get rid of Hamer to go with Schofield nearly got us relegated. That got so close to getting us relegated. And we all spoke about this on the day it happened. You're throwing out Schofield, who just isn't ready yet. He's too... I think people are referring to him as being too small and too skinny, and he does He does look like that. And maybe you can beef him out a little bit so he, he can dictate himself. He can dictate play a little bit more at crosses and come out and grab him. But I don't know if that's a part of his game. The club absolutely celebrating that he's made the most saves in the six-yard box is fucking embarrassing. It's not up to him, right, to stop people making shots in the six-yard box. That's on the defence. Or he's not coming out for the crosses, and when the crosses are coming in, it's bouncing off and going towards goal. It's the worst stat you can have. 
he's had to make the most saves in six. We've already conceded the most amount of goals in the league, and now we're celebrating that he's made the most saves in the six yard box. How many goals could we could we have conceded? Then? Fucking 80, 85. It's just we've got so much that needs changing. It needs a full culture change, doesn't it? You can see when we start losing again, the demons set in, and everyone just fucking drops out their ass. They they look terrified when we go behind. And now having a quick counter players there at 25, we need a fullback cover, goalkeeper cover. If Rhodes is done, we won't be bringing any more strikers in. It'll be Rhodes, Ward and Campbell we're going with next season. There's not much pace there, is there? It's so Tommy Elphick gone now. Uh, Elphick's gone, yeah. Gone, Elphick's yeah, gone. yeah. I thought they might have but, him in, get put him with Brookie with Kitman or something. We've got about 10 guys carrying kit bags around, I think, at the match on. <laughs> I think we've got a man for each corner flag with the amount of injury guys we've got. It's just... Well, there's got 25 guys we need three or four definite replacements. That's up to 29. So how many more are we going to actually bring in? And the Cowboys did great in that low market, OT. You'd write that if... But then they're bringing in players like Lossell that is not cheap. They're bringing Simpson in, not cheap at all. Smith Rowwater being cheap for Arsenal to actually send him to us. So the three signings there, we paid quite a bit of money for, even though it wasn't a transfer fee per se. I don't think we're going to do that again. So it's... We're all praying and hoping that we're going to have a brand new team from top to bottom. But if the club are considering those 25 guys and still want to promote the youth from within, I actually thought quickly as an aside, Scott High was really, really good against Reading in the final game. I thought for the first half, he was the best player on the field. So maybe we do have something there. And he was an attacking midfielder. He played an attacking midfielder role and he created quite a lot. It was, obviously, it's a dead rubber and there isn't, there's, there's nothing on that game. So it's easy to dictate play and do that type of stuff. But he was quite impressive. So maybe he's an option that we didn't have this year for next season. But if the club think we're only going to bring four players in, then uh, I think we need a little bit more than that. And you can see why the bookies are what put us at five to is it five to two to, for us to get relegated now, which is only what three days after the season's finished is quite crazy. But you understand it. You understand it looking at our form since Christmas and um, how much money we have going forward and how many things actually needs to change. And if if Rhodes if Rhodes is going to be the answer, I don't think the question is one we want to really. That considered just yet is it well just to just to jump on that did anyone remember this is going back to about april time um what was that ruling about or the the guidance about efl squad style squad limits for next season wasn't there talk of making it 25 man squads for championship clubs i i'm going off the top of my head here uh i imagine these maybe don't include under 21 players things like that but i'm sure there was a kickoff in the pfa because the efl wanted to limit squad sizes um to 25 in the championship and 20 in league one league two and the pfa wanted 25 throughout um did anything come of that does anyone remember that because obviously i mean you know it's, it's hard off, off 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 reckoning i think i imagine youth players don't and given that half our team seem to be good enough when they're 18 i guess it doesn't really apply to us but it's worth it's worth looking into because uh, you're quite right 25 is a big number to start on and we say we're going to bring in a dozen well you're not going to have a squad of 37 players are you maybe a couple more might be shifted on in that time but we, we've never had a squad in, in, into into the 30s uh, that's the danger and actually a really good point made by my nick as well i thought in that we're not a very attractive prospect and that was why canal side was so important because you need these facilities to try and boost the players we're from rainy huddersfield you know what i mean especially if you're going into the foreign market which was so good for us last time when we came up from this division um you know that's why the players look peeper and stuff that's why you see you see photos of them out and about in Leeds you, you need to sell it and we're not a big selling point at the moment really are we um and, and those bookies figures are pretty damning um but but yeah I mean looking at looking at, at players to go forward yeah I, I agree with 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 the, with the Schofield projection and I don't think there was enough outrage made about um Hamer being allowed to leave I remember being being up in arms myself and a lot of the reaction I seemed to to pick up was oh well we're saving a bit of cash well yes but how much cash will we save when we can see the most goals in the division when we go down well we did one of those things and so, yeah, absolutely. And now Lloyd Weil has joined the club um, along with uh, Rob Green and uh, Simon Thomas and never having kept goal for us. And, 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 and Joel Pereira has gone back having conceded about 25 goals in 60 minutes. So, you know, we're back at square one and we've got nothing to show for it. And, and, and so, yeah, whether or whether or not the Rhodes deal 
actually is is genuine and 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 comes off it's the least of our issues it's the first thing everyone wants as a striker but it's the least of our issues fullback cover i think is most important because you're quite right we said that dehaney has gone and i don't think he was able to cut it at this level i wish him the best but we just never saw enough to 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 think that he could sit in um for peeper and toffler so we absolutely absolutely need um, need to need to invest in those areas defenders like we've said to goalkeeper i wanted to have a look at that um, that luke jeffcott that played against us for Plymouth in the FA Cup um, he signed a long-term contract which is quite a smart move by Plymouth wasn't it obviously um, but then again you look at these players and if they're wanting to step up because obviously Plymouth they're not coming up with the likes of Hull and Peterborough why is he going to come to the second most likely team to go down out of the division so uh, you know again we're in a, a really sticky situation um, and so and so now don't have a, a right lot of confidence in this at the moment um, I, I don't really see this going in the right direction. And I'm trying to now off the top of my head, think of the lowest number of players we could bring in um, to make a real fist of it. And if we brought in half a dozen net, say, in the squad size of what of, of 31, I still don't think that's enough. So I don't I don't see how now we can get enthused about this this new season, given that before the transfer window we were at such short odds to go can, down. Can and we, we never... can we focus on that 25? Because you are including players like Ben Jackson who couldn't get a game at Bolton Wanderers. Mm. You're talking Jacob Chapman, who's fourth, well, was fourth choice goalkeeper. Mm. Um, you're talking uh, Danny Grant. Well, he's been injured all season, hasn't he? You know, Reese Brown, we haven't seen him kick a ball for this field town for two years. He's probably leaving. You know, a lot of those players, really, Kieran Phillips, they should be going out on loan. They're the ones for a season or two's time. They, they should be ignored. It, if, if, if Huddersfield Town are going to go say, oh, we've got all these young players, we don't need to... It's the same fucking shite as last season. We'll we'll finish bottom three. And, you know, that's the fault of Phil Hodgkinson, Matt Devlin and Lee Bromby, who, uh, you know, well, three musketeers, but I don't know what the version of three musketeers who are extremely shit at their jobs, you know. Um, I don't care anymore. If they're not going to invest... I'm not going to buy a season ticket. It's as simple as that. I've not bought one yet. They're not going to invest in the squad. I'm not going to buy a season ticket. And there are plenty of other people who've been through it, through watching town with Wadsworth and that, who were thinking the same thing. We can talk about, oh, oh, this player, this player. I want to see some investment. Sick of it. All this bullshit on Twitter, you know, with their monthly updates, all the COVID planning, etc. I'm sorry. It's a load of bollocks. Invest in the squad. If you don't invest in the squad, you're not getting my money. There's two things there, Greg. One, one is um, we may have spaces in the squad because there's nothing to say we won't be selling anybody. Louis O'Brien is being sniffed at. You know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Tough alone people could get picked off by top championship clubs. So that's going to leave room. That's one thing. The other thing, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, I've just had a quick read on Google and the 25-man limit looks like it's coming. But it, it wasn't clear from the article I've just looked at whether that included uh, under-21s or under-23s or if you haven't had a game, do you count? Don't you count? So I don't think it's as straightforward as as all of that, Greg. They might use as a smokescreen, as you say. But what worries me more is if we are going to be limited on first-choice players, we're rushing out and signing fucking Dwayne Holmes in a panic. You know, I think if that genuinely is the case, <clears throat> investment in people that we consider to be first-team-ready footballers needs to be of a better quality than the mates of Broms, the cheap, and they want to come. You know, I think it needs a bit more behind it than that. I think Lewis O'Brien will be lucky to keep on to him, you know, because if you look at, he has been consistent, like, you know, best pick of a bad bunch, but even if we had a good squad, he would still stand out. And he, if you look at them coming down, Sheffield United, he could fit in there and, and do a job and he wouldn't look out of place. You look at West Brom, he could go in there. Do you know what I mean? I don't want him to go. He's our best academy product since, I don't know, probably Steady or whoever, I don't know. But we really need to try and keep him, but it isn't beyond the, the possibilities that he'll, he'll go, you know, and he'll be a massive miss for us. Yeah, but we need the money, OT. I th- I'd, I'd, I'd sooner even go now, right? As soon as we can, so we can reinvest the money. Do you know what I mean? Like, the worry is we wait until fucking, what, last day of the transfer window, sell him, don't get a fax in on time. Who uses faxes anyway? Don't get the paperwork done in fucking time. And then we talk about, oh, we were so close to signing him, but he just... Just someone, someone had a meeting and we didn't get the paperwork in time and then he got injured in a game. How many how many times do we do stuff like that? So if O'Brien goes, go now. Let's let's be proactive. 
get get him offloaded as soon as we can, and then we can try and reinvest a little bit more on every player that we need to come in. That that's the thing. But problem yeah. is, lads, we're saying we need to keep a first and foremost. We've got a transfer committee that thought Pereira was going to be able to offer something this year, and then Lukeweiler going to offer something this year, and we've ended up playing a lad that should be in the youth team, and and that's that's what a transfer committee has done twice in one year. The only keeper we've brought in that was any good recently was not Hamer because when how bad was he when he first started? He was awful. Lossel. Lossel's the only one. And, and when and that was when Wagner's here and we're signing all these German players and everyone's pretending it's nothing to do with the German connection of Wagner and his backroom staff and they saw the transfer committee. As soon as it went away from signing German players, we've been dog shit for what, four years, three years? And and, and these guys are now having to recruit another goalkeeper after and, and their track record is is beyond beyond embarrassing when it comes do to we, doing do that. we sorry, do we have a scouting team like your traditional scouts that go out do we have that or do we have just a team of analysis that sit there drinking costa coffee in canal side or wherever they are just looking at videos of players that we could sign because that's the rumor that i heard through mill is that we don't have scouts actually go out there anymore and i'm pretty old school in in that sense that you need to be out in the communities do you know what i mean like if you're at a game at a trial at a youth setup or at someone else's academy you can speak to them after that after that season of events or whatever's going on, you know, you're too far disattached. If that's the case, if we just have a team of analysis, then we're going to be a rabbit in rat race all the time, aren't we? When we shut the academy, they said, um, oh, well, we, we shut it because there's more Manchester United scouts in Huddersfield than there are Huddersfield scouts in Huddersfield. I mean, like, well, well I, I hope that's because they're all out in Nuremberg's, you know, scouting for the, 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 the third Bundesliga's next big thing. But that's a really good point that you raise exactly where, where we'll be tapping into this talent. Um, you remember when we brought in of Billing and, brought, and poached him into the academy, things like that. And okay, yeah, it ended a bit sourly, but he was a success. Um, and 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 so yeah, I, I don't see that if, if we're bringing in, if 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 the fact is we're going to focus on youth and we're going to bring these lads through, then where are they really coming from? Like we've got a few. Okay, you look at everyone enjoys seeing the highlights of Brima Diara, don't they? Um, but and and so in a sense, you could say that it was working. Um, he's, he's French, isn't he? But. I, again, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I don't really see where this injection is coming from, and if the and, and if you're going to go down the analyst route, then you've got to be getting it right. And I think we're, we're, we're firing more arrows than miss than hit at the moment. We've been linked with this Brazilian, haven't we? And uh, for me, I can't imagine we've got many scouts down there over in Brazil. I can't imagine we've got many next talks. Where's that come from? He must he must have um, responded to the advert we put out looking for players. We, we, we did put that out, didn't we? Oh, yeah, do you want to come play for us? Can you send us your videos? Because we can't come look for you. That's basically what it's gone down to. Their version of it. We're, we're inviting kids to come and trial for us if you want. Honestly, it's it's just... it's just a, Definitely a joke in there about Phil wanting a Brazilian, isn't there, somehow? Honestly, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm but, not all I'm thinking is a Brazilian Ali Dyer now. Comes on for three minutes, realises shit, and I have to take him off. It's it's just it's just so bad. We talk about doing the Brentford model. Devlin bums Brentford. We know that everyone Brentford this. Oh Brentford that. Look at the stadium. Oh look at this. It's amazing. Yeah, but their network of transfers, like and player analysis across Europe, is massive. Is it huge? We've got nothing apart from an advert. Honestly, I reckon we'll be putting them in newspapers before long. You want to play football? Subs are six pound a week, and you've got to train twice if you can if you're not working. It's just. It doesn't seem like the scouting network is what it should be for a club our size, does it? It doesn't seem that way, and we don't hear much of it. So it, it's, it leads you to think that there's next to nothing there, or, or there isn't as much as you should have when you've been relegated from the Premier League a couple of years ago. Just hopefully people have sent some good CVs in and we can um, get them playing and, and we can we can go forward well next year. I'd much respect Phil Hodgkinson and the team and the board if they could just come forward and kind of say, actually, you know what, we got it wrong. You know, we haven't got the mechanisms to be able to deliver what we've said. We're going to try this route. You know, just give us something new because this whole building the youth, I, I just can't see it working. I don't think we're professional enough. I don't think, you know, I, I just can't see it working. But anyway, I always like to be proven wrong. Difference between us and Brentford is Brent, Brentford spends some brass. You know, you, you look at it, everyone's like, oh, Brentford, mate, but... When they sell the players for big money, like you look at Ivan Tony the Bright, did they spend 10 million on him to, to bring him in? They reinvest for money in getting better, equal, or better players than what we had. When we sell somebody, we get two or three players who are quarter, half the ability. 
That's the problem. Then we try and build them up, and as soon as they get good, we sell them again. Like I, I, I agree. I think I, I'll be surprised if O'Brien's still here. Uh, I'll be surprised if Toffolo's still here, and I'll, I'll be surprised if Caroma's still here because I can imagine there's a few suitors after him as well. And you know, it seems as though as soon as we see it, you know, we get a sniff of a few quid. Oh, get them sold. Yeah, we only bought we only bought them for a pittance, so we've made a big profit. We get them sold, and then we've got to try and get somebody of lower ability and build them up, and that's why we're not going anywhere. There's no, there's no progress. We're the only club, we're the only club that presents a, a big profit sale as a negative. Well, good news is we got a lot of money for him. Bad news is he stood me at nothing, so I've got to pay a massive VAT bill and a massive income tax bill. So actually, the new fifteen million quid is actually two point seven million quid left over, and they're going to pay me that over the next six years. So all I've got to reinvest is one hundred and forty grand. Here's Dwayne Holmes, everybody. If you if you if you look at our, like modern history, we've only ever twice brought in players in, in seasons. It was when Hoyle first, that first full season of Lee Clark, when or that half season before when you brought in the likes of Pilkins and Rhodes, Peltier. They all made massive profits. We were losing quite a lot of money in League One, but they all made massive profits. We get to the Championship, we signed Clayton, Norwood, etc. You know, say what you like about Norwood, but we sold him for a profit. Sold Adam Clayton for a, a massive profit. Sold Butterfield for a massive profit. That was the model that we had. It's a model we should have kept uh, following. It wasn't quite Brentford, but, you know, it works. Now what do we have? You know, we, Academy lads, chuck them in, release them. It's, it's you know, I'll tell you, I mean, it kind of brings me on what I want to point out about the early start to next season, but... You know, what happens if 10 games, 12 games into next season, we are where we are, under, we are where we were, should I say, under Jan Siever? Surely Carlos is going to get hit, uh, get get chucked, chucked out of the club. It, it's inevitable. And and then, you know, do, do you chuck out then Lebron being the recruitment side of it and start again? You know, we are at a big crossroad. We've been at a crossroads for a hell of a long time. But if we're in that same position in October... Uh, well, five months' time, where town are in bottom three, a cut adrift. You know, we're going to see exactly what we saw two years ago. History repeating itself, and it is. You keep repeating the same mistakes. It is madness. In some ways, it's a bit of a surprise that Carlos is still here because Phil was pretty ruthless with the Cowleys last year. He decided he wanted to change it, and he changed it. And, and actually, the outcome at the end of this season for me is worse but he's deciding that he's going to stick with this and not twist. Uh, as we sit here today recording, there's no changes, is there? And all of the mood music and all of the noise that's coming out of the club, Greg, is that nothing's changing at that level. That Phil thinks, as he said in his last update, that the football element, the football management element of the club and the football operation element is, quote, exceptional. So, you know, it, it, it does seem like we on the outside are looking at a completely different scenario to those on the, those that are on the inside seem to be looking at. Well, if he thinks that's exceptional, he must dine at McDonald's a lot. It's, it's, look, I, 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 I was thinking that and I thought we were going to get rid of it this summer and, and restart next year to help season ticket sales. But I've had a bit of a rethink on it. And now we know the club's budget for players is going to be less this summer, right? So you can presume that next year is going to be a tough season regardless, yeah? Because we've got to still repay Dino's loans off over a long period of time, but that's still there. And the income, incomings aren't as high as they were pre-COVID and the Premier League seasons. And we're still not entirely sure how the season ticket sales are going to go this summer. I'd guess poorly looking at the response of people online, but we don't know, Right. I think we're in a sideward situation here where the club thinks it's going to be a poor season next year again, right? Or they have worries that it will be poor. And look at it this way. You get rid of Carlos now. You get rid of Bromby now. We don't have much money to spend. It's still shit in October. Can you imagine the atmosphere of the fans around the club? You just imagine a new guy coming in and it's still being absolutely shite, right? Alternatively, think of it this way. Carlos gets till October. It's shit, Right At that point, it's shite. We then get rid of Carlos. We get rid of Devlin. We get rid of Brombe. It's a new start. For the rest of the season, fans will be a little bit kind of thinking, right, at least the restart's coming next summer. That's what I think. I think that's a consideration of that might have been taken. And that's why there has been no changes yet. 
because we're preempting that if it is shit next year, you can make a change and try and get everybody back on side instead of getting rid of getting rid of them now. Still having a small budget, not being able to bring in the best players that we want, bringing a manager who can't do too much with the squad that we've got, regardless. And it's been horrible from the off and, and the atmosphere being so terrible. This gives us options to make changes next season. Whereas I think if you get rid of them now, we, we're stuck with the new guys. Or again, extra turnover twice in a season. It, it's um, that's I really do think that might be why they are still here. Bring back Aaron Moy. Is he playing in Shetland Islands or somewhere? Get him back. China. He's having a good fun, isn't he? Get paid good money over there. Um, well, right. Let's, let's let's all forget about being shit and being miserable because um, we, we need to fi- finish on a positive. And I'm going to finish on, on the love of my life, Christopher Schindler, who left us. And there's a lot of mourning on Twitter. I decided to to not put one at you know a generic post to get all the likes and retweets, which is you know some people's prerogative in life. Um, but um, it. The kind of first player that, that came in under David Wagner, which was a statement of where we were going at that time, and probably we will never see a signing like that again, certainly with the political implications of, of leaving the EU means we can't actually go out and sign uh, German and Spanish and Italian players if we wanted to go down that route anymore. Um, but also we won't spend £1.6 million on a centre-back, I don't think, anymore. Um the, probably the key player in a key season and, and help us achieve the, the, the dream that we did. Um, it's sad to see him go, but in, in, a, in, a, in a, a kind of a, a weird way, I'm quite happy he has gone because he's not going to um, stay on this sinking ship with Huddersfield, Huddersfield Town. So um, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but it just felt like a bit of an end of an era. And right now we can put that opinion that, a uh, couple of years that we had with, with Wagner and, and those players who, who achieved it. I know Jonathan Hogg's still here, but he was also here, you know, God, under the Chris Powell era. So he, he's he's kind of lived and breathed the rise and fall of Huddersfield Town. But that signing more than most certainly meant a lot to the club. And I think it showed us uh, a, s- a statement of intent that I don't think we'll ever see for quite a long time, probably until we get a new owner. Well, yeah, it does beg the question, who's going to be and when's going to be the next Christopher Schindler signing that we're going to have? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm before that, I'm going back probably to, to, to the bringing in of Rhodes. That's how, that's how monumental he was. Um, but yeah, it was the right time, really. And, and, and it, was, it was the worst kept secret. I think we all knew that the writing was on the wall and that he was going back. And, and, and I would have hated it for him to, to try and string out another season and we're, we're hanging on to it then. It's better for all parties. And obviously he's got himself a decent move to a decent side in Nuremberg. Um, and, and I'm sure we're keeping tabs on him very, very much so. And who knows, in, in, in 10 years' time, we seem to have a penchant for bringing back old town players, don't we? So it might not be the last we see Christopher Schindler around these parts. Um, but no, it was... It was it it was the right call and it begs the question who is going to replace him um but but yeah again there's there aren't gonna be any marquee signings are there um and, and i'm trying to think what the best best case scenario would be and we've we've covered transfers extensively um but you're right we're not going to be we're not going to be spending seven figure sums on on anywhere all over the pitch really it's gonna be lads who are out of contract or lads who are very very young um and and, and so no that's what that's what that's what it boils down to um, as, as for are we starting afresh? Well, it's it's dragged on for so long now. I feel like it's it's not even because he's not been in the squad really for such a long time. It's not like we're we're drawing a line under it all. Really, he's not been his face hasn't been seen around the first team squad um, for a while. And the memory of, of of the Wagner times is is come on is is, is long gone, isn't it? It's 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 a it's a it's a distant memory now. Uh, so so going forward. Whether whether it does whether it does happen to be you know the worst possible start and and, and we're facing big decisions about Carlos ten games in like the way we'd see it personally I think that's inevitable to be quite honest because I just don't it hinges on the recruitment and everything hinges on the recruitment and that's the thing we are probably worst at um, so in, in my mind in my mind yeah I I, I do see that you know, maybe maybe Ian's right maybe the plan is that we have a massive reshuffle halfway through the season and then we've got okay we'll get a firefighter in and we've got or we'll start building for the future which is what we thought we were doing when we brought Carlos in maybe that is the best way so maybe that's the best thing we can focus on 
at the moment. Pretty bleak, isn't it, to, to be honest? And so I'm, I'm just going to throw out there, FA Cup is still there for championship sides. And I wanted it last year. I didn't get it. So Phil, if you are listening, please, this time, if we're going to come 24th, I, I at least want one more shot of the FA Cup before we have to play working again in the first round. Um, so that's what we're going to go for, really. But 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 no, um, he, he's the last big signing, proper monumental signing that made a real difference we're going to have for a long, long time. I thought for a minute then, Cam, you were going to ask Phil if we could just get to the fourth round of the FA Cup for a change. I thought that's where you were going with that. Then. I mean, that, that, that will do as well. Yeah. yeah or just yeah. not lose to a side below a spire division. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I just had, I'm just a quick one on Schindler for me, really. I think to to quote uh, Alfred Lord Tennyson, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. And and that bloke was uh, the ultimate symbol of the Wagner era for me. Um, you're right, Greg, he was a signal of intent. Um, he was, I know people called him a Rolls-Royce player on social media, and I think that's an excellent example. He was a Premier League-ready player in waiting. Everything about him was was uh, of a quality. He led by example as a captain, wasn't a shouter, but he was an ultimate professional. He treated the club, the fans and his teammates with, with nothing but respect. And he set the standards, something that I witter on about constantly. He was a standard setter. Um, so he'll be, you know, be missed. My biggest disappointment is we didn't give chance, we didn't have chance to to give him some kind of send off. That would have been really nice, you know, if anybody deserved a send off, he did. Um, but you know, he's he's got a nice move. He's just here, come back to his to his home country. You know, if anybody deserves playing playing or playing close to home in the last few years of his career, it's it's that fella. He'll always be welcome back. He'll always get a pint, won't he? And hopefully, at some point, we'll we'll get a chance to uh, thank him and wish him well at some point during the game. Well, the, the word legends used too often, I think, um, when we were talking about players, but not in this case. I, I, what a player. A leader in a in a team of leaders, really. That that promotion team was full of leaders, but he was one of the, the best leaders of them all. Calm, composed, cool customer, intelligent footballer, nice guy by all accounts as well, led by example. And um, you know, when I when I first started following town, I, my dream was to just just have one shot in the Premier League. And just all the time that I was going with my dad when, I, when he was commentating, I was going along with him watching the games. I thought, I hope I'm able to watch him with my family in the Premier League. And he he gave us that that dream with that penalty at Wembley. And um, it's a it's a moment I'll never forget. One of the best players. He embodies everything you want to see in a town player. Work, incredible work ethic. Wears his heart on his sleeve. Model professional. Gives everything for the team. And I, I just wish we had more players like him. And as a footballer, you know, you, you move around a lot. And all you can ask really is that you you leave the club in and everyone's devastated that you've gone. Um, and, and certainly, you know, you, you look on Twitter and the outpouring of emotion for the guy and... And um, and he's certainly done that. So amazing player, and I'm gutted he's gone. But I I agree. I think he's probably has gone at the right time. I hope that he does come back. I know the club said that that hopefully they'll they'll get him back when when fans are back in the stadium and give him a bit of a send off. Um, so I'd I'd love to be there for that. But yeah, absolutely brilliant player, and um, wish wish him all the best for the future. For me, he's the best signing we've ever made. He's not the best player we've ever had. That's Aaron Moy in, in my lifetime anyway. The best financial transfer we ever made was Jordan Rhodes for 125 grand, 250, whatever it was, and selling for 8 million in old, old money. I know it's not that long ago, but transfers back then were a lot less than they were now because 8 million at that point was massive, if you remember. But to me, he's the best signing we ever made. And now I've bet on town twice in my life, right? The first one was when we lost to Barnsley in a playoff um, semi-final because I wanted to... Just back myself up in case if in case it went that way after we won the first leg. And the second time was after the Verded Bremen um, friendly, which is the first time I ever saw Schindler play. And now if you remember the season before, the the, the first like half season with Wagner, the defence was pretty terrible. It was pretty awful. And Schindler straight away in his first game made us look so solid at the back. And, and, and considering the season we got promoted, we had the mo- most single goals victory, I think, in championship history at that point. I don't know if it still, still stands today. But that was on how solid our defence was. 
if if anybody needed to be stood up and be counted and put a performance in and keep it calm, it was Christopher Schindler. He was fantastic, is fantastic. And I think he needs to get the Bellingham treatment. I think we need to get that number 26 retired. It's not, it's, at least it's not five or six. So we don't like everyone knows it. We can do it on the quiet. Town fans will appreciate it. No one will complain. No one will really laugh at us because it's a higher number that we don't really use too much anyway. But he, for me, is the reason why we made the Premier League. Him and Aaron Moy. And, and, and to, to make the statement of going out and spending, what, 1.7, I think we paid for him for a centre-back which was our transfer record at that point, of, of course, because before that it was Stuart at 1.2, I think. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, we, we won 1.2 won it when we bought Stuart. Anyway, we brought the record and, and for, to spend that on a centre-back is a massive statement of intent and it really it really set the tone, I think, for how the season went on. It gave everyone a little bit of belief that we were going for it. He's just the best player. He's the best, the best, most... People talk about Hogg being the engine for town. He might shout a lot, but to me, when Schindler was playing, everybody played better. Hog can disappear still in games. It can just be a little bit off. But with Schindler, it felt like he got 100% out of him every single time. And he was just a classy, classy, classy player. So let's get that number 26 retired, yeah? Dangerously good looking as well, wasn't he? Oh, he's how's a, no one mentioned that yet? He's the best. He was the, he was the best looking player, even like above Lussell standards. Like, I, th- I think I, I got to console my girlfriend when I told her. Honestly, man, he was like, he's been the poster boy. Let's not forget it. Housewife's <laughs> favourite, like, you know, great player, but Jesus, the women never stopped talking about him as well. So, but yeah, when he came from Munich 1860, though, like, he was an unknown quantity, really, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I remember saying to our kid, like, Ooh, who's this lad, Christopher Schindler? And we soon found out who he was. Do you know what I mean? Like, he, when he put that shirt on, just stood so proud, such a, like you say, a solid professional, um, you know, and he, and he will go down in legendary status. It isn't a word that should get banded about as much as it does, but, you know, you think of, you know, Ian Dunn, you think of Boother, you think of all these names, you know, Frank Worthington, and I'm, I'm not being too... He's in there. He is in there. Not just because he put that penalty away either. That was just a nice thing to do. Do you know what I mean? That He deserved to take that last penalty because of the season that he had prior to that penalty. So... You know, a lot of people just focus on that penalty, but there was a lot more before that that led to that. Do you know what I mean? So, Christopher Schindler, like, and dare, I dared to be his critic towards the end of his time here because I think it was his form would drop him, but I think he's gone at the right time. 175 appearances, five goals, still dangerously good looking. Wish him all the best. Made me question my sexuality more than once, mate. <laughs> We're back to being, you being nude again, Nick. Have we gone round in a big circle? Back to you being nude again. <laughs> that's coming from that's coming from Mister Reach around over there. I thought it'd be you talking about that, guys, mate. You love chucking that one in there, don't you? He's look. He's he's going to be our David Cowling, isn't he? Do you like everyone jizzes over him? How amazing he was in the eighties. We're going to bore people shitless for years about how good Christopher Schindler was, and that penalty will be showing him that penalty. Hey, look at that. Look how cool he's captain. Steps up. Is it a four hundred forty-eight thousand billion? game or whatever it is now the playoff final it goes up double every year doesn't it and, and he steps up and he takes it, it for, for anyone like as soon as we saw him take that ball as soon as he picked that ball up and oh Schindler's taking it you knew didn't you you absolutely knew keeper even went the right way but the gods were good and he just nestled in that bottom corner and we, we had probably the best moment of our town supporting lives and probably the best it'll ever be and um you couldn't have had it done or given to us by a more beautiful man than um, Christopher Schindler and, and that's where we will finish. Um, news of uh, Nick's naked run will be coming on social media in the future. He said he'd do it for charity. So um, is that still the case? Or is it Mankini? It, well, <laughs> whatever. I think, yeah. It, look, if I'm going to, I'm a man of my word. I said I was going to do it. If I, but if I am going to do it, I think we will do it properly. So I think, look, if, if anyone at the club's listening, I will do it. I said I'd do it. They've proved me wrong. But the club would have to support it because otherwise I'd get arrested. So Stay if away I, from schools and recreational grounds. It'd have to, yeah. Well, it could either do it round the ground in like some sort of mankini or summer or around the pitch. And I tell you what I'd do. If, if it was for charity and we, and we got decent money for charity, I would do how many laps round the pitch and then I'd do the last lap in front of the crowd if there's crowds back in with, you know, a little thong on or something. How's that for you? But only if, obviously, the club need to support it. So a little thong. So, basically... So, the club 
if you're listening for the Huddersfield Town Foundation, Nick Barlow will do a Gary Lineker around the stadium at a game next season. This is the half-time entertainment we've been missing. Forget the dizzy penalty. This is what I want to see more of. You do. Christopher Schindler's doing it, especially, but just naked dizzy dizzy pen. That's what we're going for, then, Nick. How about that? How about we're going to win Family Club of the Year, are we? I wouldn't even need to bring a broom though if I was doing naked dizzy penalties, lads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and on that note enjoy your summers everyone thank you very much for listening um, <laughs> goodbye <laughs>